Occasionally, myself and our coaching staff at DadStartingOver.com, we run into a client who has issues that go beyond the scope of coaching. They may have really severe anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and this is the point where our coaches stop and say, have you spoken to a therapist? What a lot of these men say is, I've looked into it, not a lot of options in my area, it can't work with my schedule, or I have an appointment schedule, but I can't get in for another four months. In other words, the need is there. They recognize the need. They see the value in the therapy, but the options for getting the therapy are extremely limited in their area. Well, thanks to our friends at BetterHelp.com, there is an option for you. BetterHelp is a unique service that allows you to talk to a licensed therapist from your area via your telephone or your computer. You can do voice chat with them if you wish. You can email back and forth. You can text with them all on your time schedule, all from the convenience of your phone or your computer. So check it out at betterhelp.com slash DSO. That's betterhelp.com slash DSO and get 10% off your first month of service with BetterHelp. Hello everyone, DSO here from dadstartingover.com. And before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to get a couple of pieces of business out of the way. Number one, I sell books. You can find my books at dadstartingover.com slash books. The books include my bestseller, The Dead Bedroom Fix. My second book is called Now What? A Guide for Men Starting Over in Life After Infidelity, Breakup, and Divorce. And my third and final book is called Red Flags. You can buy these all directly from my website and download directly from my website, or you can go to any of the major retailers. Second piece of business is that I have a members-only part of my website called the DSO Fraternity. With the DSO Fraternity, you have access to all of my books in PDF and audio format. You also get access to members-only articles and audio, and you're free to discuss those articles with fellow members on the website. And we also have DSO Fraternity live meetings via Zoom. In these live meetings, you're free to share your story and listen to advice from others. And on occasion, we will have a special guest, such as author Dr. Robert Glover of No More Mr. Nice Guy. So please check out the DSO Fraternity at dadstartingover.com join. Thank you so much. And on to the episode. So Jeff, you, you are 45 years of age and uh, your wife is 44 and you met 24 mm-hmm. years ago in college. Um mm-hmm. With a one-night stand that ended up as a 24-year relationship. Um, that is correct. You described yourself as type A and she's type B. So tell me what you mean by that. I'm very, I fly off the handle quite a bit. I'm always sort of like zero to a thousand. And she's more of the laid back, um, not really methodical for lack of a better word, just very, very relaxed, very easygoing. I mean, she... Um, She's always been like that, and I'm always go go go. I mean, I'm up I'm up at four four forty five every day, going to the gym and trying to, you know, work out and things like that. So that's sort of where I'm at with that. So you're Mr. Go Getter. Yes. Uh, would Would she say, boy, you're a really controlling type? Yeah. Yeah. And yep, she's yep. she's more the laid back. And, and does it does the fact that she doesn't take things more seriously and she doesn't get off her butt and go for it. Does that bother you? It did. I mean, it, it's just, yeah. re- just recently started doing that. I mean, you know, looking back, I mean, I'm going to, I'm putting a car for the horse, but just recently it's like, she, she has a teaching degree, but she really, it's hard to teach in Pennsylvania unless you know somebody. Nepotism really runs rampant mm-hmm. and we didn't, we didn't know enough people, you know gotcha. what I mean? So she, she struggled. We struggled with money for years. I was always the breadwinner. I've always been the one to, you know, to, to make the money. And that, you know, that, again, that's part of part of the problem we're in, you know, because it's, it's money too at the end of the day. So, yeah, but she makes some money, but not enough to really contribute to the bills and everything else. Correct. Gotcha. Well, let's stop there and go back in time. And what can you tell me about, uh, well, let's start with you. Um, your mom and dad, what was life like at home? Were they, they still together? Did they divorce? All that good stuff. They divorced, they, they divorced when I was about 13 or 14. Um, oh, well. My dad really, he tried to, uh, he tried to, he tried to be like good for my mom, but she just, 
they, they, there was problems early on. Like after they passed away, I found out, you know, it's like they, you know, she kind of used my dad to just get out of the situation she was in. Oh. But she just, she wanted, she just wanted to be out from, from her mom. So she so was in a, she was in a was, toxic relationship with her mother and your dad was the savior that swooped in and took her away from all that. Correct. Yeah. And, um, was it somewhat of a loveless marriage and your dad tried to make yep. it work, but they ended up being divorced. Yep. Okay. So you have that kind yep. of that baggage going on. And as far as your yep. wife is concerned, how about her? Her mom and dad just very, like her, her dad works. Like he, he used to work in a coal mine. And when he got laid off, he went back to school for respiratory therapy. And he was, they, they were very, you know, he was a type B and her mom's, her mom's type A to the extreme. Like she flies off the handle a lot. So it was sort of the role reversal. And they were sort of loveless as well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they're, but they're still but they're still together. Her dad has he, her dad had a stroke a few years ago, so she um yeah, but she she stays she stays with him to uh you know help just take care of him because I mean gotcha. without him she, without her he can't he can't yeah. do anything. Okay, so we got that established. Kind of you you each bring your own little flavor of baggage to the. Uh, the romance equation here. Um, so fast forwarding mm-hmm. back to your courtship and getting together and all that fun stuff. Um, <clears throat> you know, life just kind of happens, you say, which is, I hear that quite often. And that's my story as well. I, you know, you look back at my first marriage and it's like, where, where the hell 10 years, 20 years went by like nothing. You just get, get kind of caught in this relationship machine and everything just seems to kind of go on automatic. Um, uh, about 11 years ago, you claim that, um, well, you had some partying ways about you. What the partying ways mean? Going out and drinking with friends? Yep. Yep. And she did too. And she did too. And you kind of cooled yeah, it with, she... with the partying ways though at one point and said, I need to just cool yep. it with that and focus on other things. But she didn't necessarily stop. No. And because what had happened is she had the, um, she's she student taught and, or not student taught. Mm-hmm. She subbed on turn sub and for extra income, she still worked at a, at a waitress slash hostess at a restaurant. Well, you know that lifestyle. They everyone when they're done at 10, 30, 11, 12 o'clock at night, they go to a yep. bar, they go to an yep. after hours club, just just unwind. So just it, it was hard. I mean, she um she continued to do it, and I just I had a full time job, so I didn't really need need to do that, you know. So it's yeah. just sort of something to just. I stopped, and she did. Well, I didn't I didn't really care about it because I mean, that that was pretty much our social circle of friends and. I was okay with it, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah, kind of in looking back, were you a little too passive? Maybe you should have been a little bit too more forceful of let's stop the partying. This isn't good for us. I tried, but at the same time, I quite honestly, I just didn't really care because like I said, I was just more, I was more focused on, I would get up early for work and, yeah. and I thought that's what I did. Sure. I I liked it. it. It wasn't bad. But then this is the this is the part that made me kind of go, oh, interesting. Um, out of nowhere, your next phrase is, well, you dealt with the fact that she, well, she ended up actually getting a DUI f- from her little partying stint. Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't just mm-hmm. a just a benign thing. It, she she got in some trouble there over it. So that kind of did. Was that the impetus, or was that the uh, <clears throat> the trigger for her to say, I, I need to stop this partying stuff? The DUI. Yep. So she stopped, yeah. and then your next phrase is she stopped the party, and then she said to you, "I want a divorce," or asked if you wanted to. No, she, she asked me if I wanted one. She came down the next morning, and I was because I had been warning her about it, and I said, "You know, you should probably stop doing this. It's going to kind of catch up with you." And pretty much, almost like an I told you so. And she came downstairs. She goes, "If you want to, if you want a divorce, I will understand." It. I see. I see. Okay. And, quite, and, and you know, it's, it's like she it's like she came down with like a case of humble pie and I didn't want to be in my early thirties and divorced. I wanted to, we had no kids at the time. I wanted to, I wanted to try to make it work. I mean, I was, you know, I was raised Catholic and I came from a divorced family and it's like, I, I, I cared for her, but, but at the point it's like, well, I guess like I, I didn't want to be young and divorced. I guess yeah. that's why was I stayed. The, was there a consistent theme of her? That's almost her way of saying, I'm not really worthy of you nicer husband look what look what a damaged person i am i'm, I'm not doing this yeah, is that kind was, of a consistent theme with her no 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 she was very strong-willed but at the same time it was almost like you told me about it you told me about it you told me about it i didn't listen so yeah i mean i 
I wasn't the one to be like, ah, see, I was right. I was just like, I'm, just, I'm glad you're happy. I'm glad you're okay. And you're not like hurting or you didn't kill yeah. somebody or get an ass or something, exactly, you, know? Exactly. Yeah. you know, and I, and I'm not that type of person to just be like, you know, well, look at what you could have done, you know? Yeah. yeah. So you moved on. You said, Hey, no, we're not going to divorce. We all make mistakes. Let's move on from this. Yep. And then, and then yep. a couple, and then a couple of kids came later, a uh, better yep. job, bigger house. And then life really smacked you upside the head and some loved ones. Um, uh, your dad was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Um, grandma died and grandma was a really big influence in your life. You were very close to her. Yeah. And yep. you, and you say here bluntly, I had a panic attack. Um, I did. Uh, I, I, what we had, so what had, what had happened is after my grandmother passed, we gave him some money. I paid off a lot of debt. We moved to a bigger house, but then my dad got diagnosed oil and gas had taken off around this area. So I sort of um, got a better job. We had taken off basically a double mortgage, you know, not a double mortgage, a, a house that was double the value of what we had. So it was a, my mortgage payment doubled. She still didn't really have a good job. She was pregnant with our second daughter. Um, just sort of like the way the world came down and crashed on, like on me. I was, I was, I was scared. You know, it's like, one, you know, it's like I, I was prepared to be, it was my dad. I mean, I wasn't like, I, I was close with him, but not to like, to the extent that I should have been. So it, it, it was hard. I was very, I was very terrified that I wasn't going to be able to, 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 to quite honestly, to do it. Mm-hmm. So just overwhelmed by everything at once. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And the responsibility of everything. So what drug, what pulled you out of that hole? I, I, I went and had all the tests run, like the EK, the echocardiogram and everything, and everything came back negative and they said, you're fine. You're in good health. And, I just kept plugging away. Did you ever go get help with some of these anxieties and so forth and counseling, things like no, that? No, no, no. At the time I was, I was of the adage. I didn't want somebody creeping around in my brain, you know, <laughs> I was, I, because that's all I really knew about it, you know? So yeah. it's, I didn't really feel that I, it was a problem enough, I guess, for lack of a better word. I don't know. Does that make sense? Sure. It it was a moment. Let's just forget it. Let's let's move on. Similar yeah, similar yeah. to the other and ones. So, and, um, I'm fair, and, I, and I'm fairly healthy. And I'm fairly healthy, so I don't really think yeah. too much about it. Um, well, what was her response to this? How did she take this episode? She wanted to make sure I was obviously okay because I was the breadwinner. You know, it's like, are you okay? I mean, she was always like caring and loving, like not not loving, like I love you. So, you know, it's, she's like, are you okay? Like she's like, dude, you gotta go get yourself checked out. You can't, you know. It, to, it, it was what's the word I'm looking for? What's phrase I'm looking for? It was compassionate but without the emotion. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, hey, okay, I'm like, hey, I'm worried about you, but make sure you're okay, you know? So like almost like a friendly but then tone. again, I yeah, but then again, I, I always also that type A personality, it's like, oh, you gotta calm down, you're gonna give yourself a heart attack. Everyone says that. It's you know, yeah. that, that that type of that type of thing. Gotcha. So, so. but I, I noticed you just snuck in there though. Well, yeah, she was freaked out because I'm the breadwinner. Is that is that your yeah. is that your inner self talking and projecting this out, or is that something that she has been pretty blunt about? Like, hey, you got responsibilities, Mister. Take care of yourself. Both of us. Both both of us. That's not just me. That's both of us. Yeah, she's been pretty open I mean, about I, that. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and it's and go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just I was going to ramble, but she, you know, it's the fact that I've but we've we've even taught like I was always better with work than I was being like compassionate with my daughters. I'm, 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 I, I would much rather work than go to like a, like a, like a 10 year old softball game. I know that sounds bad, but that's it. That's just, that's me. I, I like work. So. Mm-hmm. And, and like a lot of guys in your position, um, work is very rewarding. I mean, nothing, yeah. there's nothing better than putting in the hours and then somebody comes along and says, you know, here's some extra money for you or here's a promotion. Yeah. Or, or simply yeah. here's a pat on the back. It's just like that you get your validation yeah. that way. And it's very easy for a lot of guys, like especially guys like you, those type A guys, to get lost in that and just be like, that's my that's my validation medicine right there. That's all I need. And you lose sight yeah. of everything else. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're working 12-hour days. And yeah, you get out of hand really quick. So, so fast forwarding back to you guys, um, after the kids – and all that comes with the kids. Sex got kind of bland between the two of you, like a chore. Yep. 
Um, you started yep. sleeping separately because getting up with kids all hours of the night, you needed your sleep for work. Um, and she stayed and she stayed home with the kids. So he worked out. But even then, then when she did go back to, even then when she did go back to work, she would just red bullets because I just, I didn't have the patience to do that. I see. To get up in the middle of the night. I mean, that's just, yeah. I, I know it sounds bad. I love my daughters, all my heart and soul. But if I knew kids were going to be this much work, I probably would have felt twice about having them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it sounds, I have three of them myself, but I always tell guys, do you know what the, 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 the potent one, two punch combination for shutting down a marriage is one, get married. And then number two is have kids. And yeah. um, the, the, the hot and heavy fun time of the dating, that's what us guys are like, woohoo, this is great. And then when we throw everything else on top of it, we're like, this kind of sucks. If I had known it was like this, ugh. so don't feel bad for saying that you're just being very blunt and honest. I love it. That's probably what the majority of guys out there think, but we just push through and do our job providers, dads, and until it gets to a point where something changes and we have like an holy shit moment. And for a lot of guys, that holy shit moment is, oh my God, my wife's sneaking around behind my back. But that's not your story necessarily, is it? Um, which is why I wanted no, to talk no. about, which is why I wanted to talk to you and put it on the podcast because your situation is different from most guys I talk to, but that doesn't make it any less uh, less important, less important to talk about. But your situation is that you guys started growing apart, which happens. You're just, you're two parts of this machine running this family, um, intimate connections, physically, emotionally. It's just not there. It's not happening. And along comes a pretty young thing at work. And, yeah. And you guys had uh, a connection that went too far. Yeah. Uh, you start off as friends. It sounds like very, in a very platonic way chatting all the time one thing leads to another and you're falling for the girl yeah and, and she's falling for me and she's falling for me too and it's yeah and it's um you know looking back on like i said it's um she, she gave me everything that my my wife didn't mm-hmm. you know I've, i she made me the center of her world you know the love and the, the compassion the like the snuggles, the hugs, the hang, you know, just the holding the hands, the, you know, kissing, you know, in public, the PDA, the public displays of affection, you know, things like that, that, you know, looking back on it, I never really even had it growing up as a kid with my, mm. with my mother or even my grandmother. I mean, they was just, they were very hardened and, yeah. you know, eventually it's like, you're like, oh my God, I, I want this, you know, and it's like, here it is. I didn't know that this was out there. Yeah. Cool. Cool. You know? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're describing what so many women in affairs do say it, which is <clears throat> I've never felt like this before. I, I don't, I don't know if I ever have felt anything close to this with my current um, spouse. Therefore I don't, does this invalidate everything I've had with my spouse up to this point? And should I just drop that and go with this person instead? Have I made a huge mistake? Yeah, we had kids and everything else, but this calls into question everything. Which, mm-hmm. from a scientific point of view, stripping emotion from it, from an outsider looking in, it's like, well, yeah, duh, you fell in love. That's what happens when you fall in love with somebody else. Everything looks amazing and fantastic and superb, and you're willing to crawl through broken glass to be with this person. And mm-hmm. the most extreme, extreme, horrible examples of this mindset are those guys that end up I just saw a Netflix documentary. I don't know if you ever watch television, Netflix and everything else, but somebody said I had to watch this. Um, a man fell for the young, pretty thing at work and ended up killing his wife and kids um, because he flipped. Is it that guy that was out West with the oil where he put their bodies on like the oil drums that's or it. something like that's that? The that guy. Just happened? Yeah, that's the one. I saw yeah. that. I did see that. Um, yeah. so, so that's an extreme example of somebody had a psychotic flip in their head. The, the, programming took over and they's like must start new life get rid of old life so that's mm-hmm. a horrible horrible extreme example of that but a very common minor league version of that is what you went through which is the guy who's married with the kids he's not quite ready to pull the plug and get rid of that yet because there's a whole lot of mess that occurs when you do that but at the same time he's already fallen for this other prettier young thing and she was a good what 14 years younger than you yep so i mean this is like textbook right 
Um, and so you string her along for how long? How long are you telling her, hey, don't worry, I'll divorce the wife eventually, but let's keep doing what we're doing? Mm, April of 2019 is when I told her I had feelings for her, and we finally, it finally broke off August 24th of this past year, so probably about 15 months, 16 months. Pretty good amount of time. Um, yeah. So in this, you know, you got the honeymoon stage, everything's wonderful. This beautiful young thing is making me feel amazing, but it wasn't all wine and roses, was it? Some of the, the wheels <laughs> started falling off a little bit and some of those red flags started popping up uh, in terms of her behavior. And she put up some boundaries to you in terms of what she's going to put up with and what she's not. And one of the things that she would not put up with was kids. Um, yeah. She, and she, 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 she knew early on I had them. I mean, she, she knew before her and I even met, like when she, I guess when she got hired, the one woman took around and in my office, at my old plant, she, you know, she saw, they came in like, Oh, he likes Pittsburgh penguins. I have some penguin memorabilia. And she's like, Oh, he has two beautiful girls. So, I mean, before I even shook her hand, she knew I had kids. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. so that, that was always on, on the table. Mm-hmm. So but, but it wasn't like, it, it wasn't like 10, it wasn't like 10 months in. Guess what I got? Yeah. But I still didn't stop her from saying, kids, I want nothing to do with them. Don't bring them around yeah. me. I don't want to have my own. Yep. I don't want yours. I want nothing to do with them. See you later. So yep. pr- pretty big, pretty big red flag as a guy with kids. <laughs> um, yeah. Seems, yeah. Like a, seems like a fundamental incompatibility there. I mean, a fair aside, let's just pretend that you two were dating and you're divorced and you meet this gal. And, you know, if I'm sitting across from some pretty thing and she says, by the way, kids hate them, don't want them, don't bring them around me. I'd probably shake her hand and say, it was a pleasure to meet you, but I'm going to have to excuse myself. Um, what stopped you from, yeah. doing that? what stopped you from doing that? Do you think, you know, that's the biggest red flag that I think, and everyone that I talk to deals, you know, tells me the exact same thing. I, my only response to them is it's amazing that what love hugs, mm-hmm. kisses and sex does, mm-hmm. it makes you look through things through, through rose colored lenses. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, more succinctly, you were addicted to this woman. And, I know I was. And Absol- when you're, absolutely. And yeah, when you're addicted yeah. to something, everything else just gets shoved aside. I mean, use the drug analogy, right? You're doing heroin. Mm-hmm. You know rationally the heroin is going to kill you and it's going to make you unhealthy mm-hmm. and you're going to sell things mm-hmm. and you're going to, but you still freaking do it because you need it. And, and mm-hmm. you, you try to go off of it for a day or two and you feel awful. Um, so you, you need your fix. And, it's, mm-hmm. it's a perfect analogy for when you fall in love, especially with a young, pretty thing like that who validates you so much and makes mm-hmm. you feel so amazing. And then all that compounded with you come home to the grumpy wife who's all stressed out and angry about everything in the world. And all you all you can think about is the next morning waking up and going to go see the, the gal at work and mm-hmm. all that melts exactly. away. Man, you can't just drop yep. that so easily. So, so you're a bit of a pickle here, aren't you? Um, um, how how yeah. did this how did this resolve itself or has it resolved itself? So as of it's funny because not really funny. So back in February, sort of like a coming to Jesus moment, her and I had been out for Valentine's Day. We don't really believe in it. Like the, she was, we had a lot of the same beliefs. Like she's like, you know, I'd rather you get me flowers on a Tuesday in April instead of February 14th because the calendar says so. And that was always my take on it too. You know, it's a, it's a green card industry. Well, we went out for Valentine's Day to a like a, she took me to different events. Like we did something for a glass blowing. I'd never been to that. I thought it was unique. I said, sure, we'll, we'll go. Um, my wife happens to be friends with like one set of neighbors on our street. So we're at this thing, this glass blowing event, me and the other woman. I turn around and who do I turn around and stare at? The mm-hmm. uh, neighbors who my wife is friends with. Now my wife thinks I'm traveling and I'm out of town. So it's like, oops. Oh God, the, 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 the gig is up. Yeah. Yeah. So I go back. So we go back to her place. I, I tell her, you know, she's always wanted me. She always wanted me to move in with her. Always wanted me to move in with her, the other woman. I find her. She goes, "What's the matter?" I said, "Well, you might be getting me sooner than you think." And I tell her what happened, and she's she's excited, and she's like, "Okay, like yes." So I sort of have like a little mini breakdown, panic attack at her place that night. I go, you know, now it's like everything's gonna be out. The kids are gonna hate me. Everyone's gonna hate us. You know, you're the other woman. I, I, I what I tried to do is I tried to savor the indignation of that. Plus, I didn't want my my wife at the time to find out that way mm-hmm. you, you know I, I i wanted i tried to save face with 
both of them and it um it kind of backfired so the next day you know it's then i, I was I, so what i would do is i would stay with her for like a week or two at a time my wife and my daughters thought i was traveling and i would leave her and then i would see her sporadically throughout the week and that saturday february 15th was my daughter's daddy daughter dance for our school district so i left her and she goes let me know what's going on i said okay i got back home nothing had happened i visited my neighbor texting my wife and telling her guess who i saw i thought he was out but everything was fine so a couple hours go by and i text the other woman she goes is everything okay i said yeah it's cool no worries she goes oh she goes well thanks for thanks for quote unquote fucking telling me mm-hmm. and i'm like oh I just was like, okay, like she's, I think she was like ready for me to like be shown back up at her house three hours later with my luggage. Mm. And that it blew up from there. It was, it was the worst. Like she was like, you made me feel unloved. You made me feel like, you know, like worthless. And you know, it, it all came out mm. and, you know, and even you know, she even made the comment of like early on, she goes, you know, I'm the other woman. And I said, I don't, mm. I hate that phrase. She was probably, but I am. Mm. And that was really, that was hard on me because I didn't, I didn't like her being thought of like that, but she, she was to give you a little bit of background on her though. She, um, she was kind of a late bloomer. I mean, I look looking back on it like she was very, she never really, she really didn't drink till she was 21. She kind of lived, you know, she came from the Bible belt, Tennessee. Um, she was sort of like a bookworm growing up in, you know, high school, straight A's, you know, kind of was like on the bowling team, things, things like that. I'm not like putting that down, but she wasn't like the cheerleader, you know, that, that type of crowd, but she, and then she also had daddy issues. And, um, I, I think sometimes I'm playing armchair psychologist, like some of her daddy issues. I think she was pissed because I tried to be a good dad to my girls. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I think she was maybe a little bit jealous of that. And, and then, like I said, the other, the other caveat to this was, you know, when I met her, you know, she was 29 and then you know, I was 43 and then I turned 44 and she turned 30 and, um, wait. yeah. And, uh, she had never had sex and I was her first time. As far as you know. Yeah. As far as I know that she told me. Yeah. So I, I, I always kind of questioned that and I, I don't know. I was originally like 99% served, but like as towards the end happened, I'm like, well, maybe it's like 85, you know, she, she always, she told me like one time, like she was, she was, she dated a guy. He went to, he went to Vanderbilt. He was 17 and she was 13. I'm like, what the frick is going on with that? And I'm like, you can't tell me mm-hmm. some 17 year old isn't, tra-, you know? So it's like, I, I kind of yeah. let, let a lot of that go. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, she said her last boyfriend, you know, she was with him for six months. I said, why didn't you and Adam ever do anything? She goes, oh, he can never, quote unquote, get up. He was always drunk. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Doesn't really go with the narrative of the innocent virgin. No, 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 no. no. So, but I definitely know for, I definitely know for a fact that I was, you know, so after we were together, she started having pain down there. And it was um, a lot of endometriosis. It was endometriosis. Mm-hmm. So she went and got that done, and she wanted a tubular, so she had her tubes tied. So I was definitely the first one to do do it that way with her afterwards. But then the pain continued, and the turnout was she had to. Um, they said the way to get rid of the endometriosis was through a hysterectomy. So she she wow. volunteered to have that done. So she had wow. she had she had massive major surgery happening down there, and she's like, "Well, I don't want kids. So take it all." Yeah, and you know, for the whole time I'm with her, I'm going to take her to these appointments. You know, I'm, I'm that guy for her. All, all and, while you're still married with kids. So you're, you're having this, yes. com- you're having this complete second marriage basically. Yes. Interesting. That had, that had to be, uh, but, I mean, f- for a guy that's had a, some panic attacks in the past, that's gotta be a very stressful weight to hold on your shoulders. It was. And it was also kind of weird, like karma, you know, it's like the woman I'm, screwing around on my wife with I can't do anything with because she's healing mm-hmm. so it, it got to be this point where we were together and we were doing it less than we were because she was always healing from some surgery or was paying for things like that and all of this stuff with the hysterectomy and so forth happened prior to you guys being discovered by the friends yeah okay so I'm trying to do the timeline here so I, I just thought it was very interesting 
as an outside observer, how you guys went from a kind of a clandestine, uh, secret little naughty thing affair to as soon as it became, you know what, we could finally take this thing to the next level because we just got discovered. Holy shit. It's time to confess to the wife. That's when it got really squirrely and she really kind of started pushing you away. Yeah. Um, and I so, thought the same thing. Yeah. yeah. As soon as that, well, this is no longer that exciting. Now this is starting to get real. That's when the wheels mm -hmm. start falling off that mm -hmm. relationship. Um, I don't think mm -hmm. that's, a I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, in very broad terms, what happened to you is one that is super, super common, which is you bring your baggage. Um, you have had things in the past that show that you're kind of an emotionally needy guy. Um, but you have surrounded yourself with people that are not so giving, including your wife, um, in the loving department, um, uh -huh. which led to a broken relationship. And you had a difficult time coping with a lot of the stuff in life and the stress and everything else. And your means of coping um, was to form inappropriate relationships with other folks. And invariably, when you form those relationships with other folks, those folks are pretty broken. Um, yeah. The first indicator of that is that she was a 29-year-old young lady who didn't say, whoa, you know what? Come back to me when you're divorced because I'm, I'm not the type that's going to be screwing around with some married man with kids. So exactly, exactly, exactly. Thanks, thanks, but no thanks. See you later. That never happened. It was just, you guys dove in the deep end right away. So that's indicator number one, like, yeah, something's going on there. And then you had all kinds of other red flags that we just covered that make you say run for the hills, dude. Uh, but you didn't. Um, and here you are now in all fairness, uh, this sneaking around with somebody else is not exactly new to you maybe to this degree and for this long, but you did have an episode early in your relationship with your wife. We had a little one night stand. Yeah. So, right? Yeah. Yeah. But when we were, when we were dating, um, again, it was like probably three or four years in, we, we, we became roommates very fast. Okay. So and three, three or four years into your relationship, one-on-one -on -one dating, dating yeah. um, it already started getting into a dead bedroom situation. Yeah. And your means of coping with that was, let me go out to a bar and, oh, look, here's a pretty thing hitting on me. Let me go have sex with her. <laughs> I know it sounds awful. Yeah, but, 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 yeah, but I wasn't looking for that. It just, it just found it me. It just happened. Okay. Mm -hmm. So at that time, you didn't have the, the mental mechanism or the tool to say, whoa, pretty lady, I appreciate it, but I'm with somebody. Um, you know, I'm flattered, but have a good right. day. Right. Instead, it was, woohoo. Let's get this on. Let's get it on. And I'm sure you had all kinds of guilt afterward, I would assume, that you had to deal with for subsequent years, or did you? Not really. I know that sounds bad, but not really. Because it got to such a stale I mean, point that you had convinced yourself in your mind, what does she expect? Right. I'm, I'm obviously a guy who has needs, and I'm obviously a guy who um, has the means of filling those needs elsewhere. Well, duh, what do you think, woman? Of course I'm going to go out to a bar and, and go have sex with somebody else. That was how you would kind of wrapped it around your head and how, how you right. dealt with it. So, which the case could be made, you have a good point. But also the case could be made for what is it that three, four years into your relationship, no marriage, no kids, why didn't you go, huh? This is a pretty good indicator that we should maybe call it quits. What, what kept you in there? Comfort, the fear, fear of being, fear of being alone, I guess. And like I said, all, we had, all of our friends had started getting engaged, getting married, things like that. So it's like, well, we, why, we might as well go do the, the same thing they're doing. You know, it's just, mm. we even talked about it recently. It's like, why did we, yeah. why, why did we stay together as long as we did? We're, it was convenient. I mean, it was just, it was easier than, going out and dating to be quite honest with you does that seem weird not at all it sounds very human to me you guys did kind of got your hooks into each other and you got in this level of comfort that is precisely what keeps you know men with the other girl but still hanging on to the wife or vice versa i mean 
your, your situation is not typical with the guys I talk to. Typically, it's flip-flopped, where it's the wife is having her cake and eating it, too, as they often say, where she will be running off with mm-hmm. the, pool bo- the pool boy or two or three mm-hmm. pool boys and has the good provider guy at home. And when everyone asks her, why the hell are you just didn't you just divorce the husband? She says, well, we kind of had a life with the kids and everything else. And it was just, mm-hmm. you know, I can't just drop that just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you caught it pretty early on where you had a pretty good indicator that maybe this, maybe this uh, relationship's not for the best um, to put you on the spot. That should have been a pretty good indicator of maybe I don't have the tools it takes to make this work because all it took was one night out and a gal to come up and say, Hey, and I was already off to the races. That's pretty big. That's pretty big indicator that maybe this whole marriage thing ain't for me right now. Right. Um, But you know, lesson learned. And now here you are again with the, the long-term affair partner and that's kind of blown up on you. Does it seem like that's completely over at this point? It is. It absolutely is. She, um, you know, the, you know, I keep talking to people and it's funny, you know, it's funny, but like my sister, she'll go, I go, what do you think? She goes, I don't know. She goes, most I've ever broken up with somebody's one time. She goes, you guys are on like five or six. Oh, really? Okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, okay. And it's, you know, and it's, it's five or six just recently within 2020 because, you know, it started with February of this year. And, you know, I thought of like, well, did the coronavirus contribute to any of this? Maybe. I don't know because you know she went she went to work remotely like almost the minute everything started getting clamped down and we had just started getting back together when I went to work remotely what I what I would do is I would get up in the morning and I would drive down and I would actually work from her place during the day I figured I'd kill two birds with one stone I would you know get to see her and get work done because like mm-hmm. I couldn't work from home because my kids and my wife were there and I got I needed to feel like I was still going somewhere because this is all really taking its toll on me too with the masks and the lockdowns and everything. And it's just, I'm having a hard time with all of this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's just, that's, that's, that's me. So, yeah. you know, this all, you know, and she, early on, she was really, you know, she was, she was the calming influence with me on it, you know, and it's like, you know, you know, I told her I had a plan. It's like once the school year ended in 2020, that, I was going to move out and get my own place, transition from the summer. And if she wanted me to move in with her, you know, I would do that. And when this all happened, I got upset. I mean, it's like, hey, our, our, our life plans have been put on hold. And she's like, relax. It'll be fine. We'll get, we'll get through this. And I, it, she was the calmer of the two. I'm like, okay, this is great. She's willing to be like, hey, whatever we got to do. She was your oasis. You know? Yeah. So it sounds to me, I'm not a psychologist by any stretch of the imagination, but it sounds to me like there's this, uh, um, this undercurrent of like anxiety on your part that is impacting a great deal on all of your relationships. And this anxiety leads to just a lot of stress and an inability to cope. And you have these panic attacks, as you call them, just where you blow your top and you're seeking out ways to kind of keep that anxiety at bay and I don't know if there's anything better than having some nookie on the side to do that, uh, yeah. to have somebody to escape to. Um, some men accomplish yeah. that through booze, drinking, um, drugs, gambling, you know, getting those little highs, those things. Um, alcohol is a pretty potent anti-anxiety medication, as a lot of guys learn, but that gets out of hand really quick. And I think your means of coping and getting that little something else is to, um, and, and we could say you're wrong for doing so. We could say it's completely understandable given the circumstances of your relationship, but regardless of how we paint it, you have a track record of, hey, women, let me go um, see what you got out there. Um, yeah. With, and that's not necessarily so good, is it? Um, nope. Not when you're in a relationship with somebody. Um in looking back at all these years, I mean, we've all made mistakes, but we all learn from them, right? So mm-hmm. what have you learned about yourself within the confines of this marriage and within the affair that you had? What are some things you took from it to say, going forward, I'm going to do this or not do this? Tell the truth. Just be honest. Not, you know, not, be, be, be honest with the, on the onset. I mean, I, 
you know, I've, I've, so how this to kind of circle back real quick, how this all ended about eight weeks ago with the other one, you know, I went to her and you know, she, we, we'd gone away right before a couple weeks before Memorial day. And she goes, how much longer are we going to have to do this? And I said, do what? She's like this staying over, snaking around thing. Well, at the time, the school districts were still figuring out how they were going to go. Uh, were they going to go hybrid? Were they going to go full online? You know, th- things like that. The questions were out there. I couldn't afford to, to go move in with her right then and there. Not to mention, you know, she always kept saying, why did you drag your feet? Well, I dragged my feet because if I did move in with you and my girls did happen to want to see me, I couldn't bring them down there. Mm-hmm. I think what ended up happening is I thought I could change her and I think she thought she could change me. But she also got tired of being the other, she got eventually the other woman syndrome caught up with it. But I think you hit, you, you touched on a really good point earlier. You know, once everything got out there, did the excitement of being, you know, the other woman go away? Mm-hmm. I read about that too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's textbook. And you see some flavor of that in healthy relationships where it's, or uh, typical relationships, quote, normal relationships, if you want to call it that, where it's the, um, we had a really hot and heavy dating period. We got married. We're still loving to each other. Everything's great. We have kids. Somebody loses a job. Somebody's mom dies. Things get a little hectic. You just lose touch with each other. And then one or one or both of them say, man, I miss having that, that oomph in the relationship. I miss that spark. I miss that something. That's typical, right? And, and it takes work uh-huh. to, nope, we got to focus on each other, date nights, we have to go off on weekends together. We got to stay sexy for each other, hit the gym. The man's got to lead and say, I'm going to set the tone of sexiness in this relationship. And that's what the dead bedroom fix is all about. Um, so you saw a little flavor of that in, in just within the confines of the affair, which is everything was fun and sexy and we're sneaking and there's this titillation going on. And then as soon as some of that starts washing away, then you notice some of that negativity coming out and the, everything else. And then all of a sudden done. And mm-hmm. I think it's textbook. Um, I think what you don't be surprised by, and this may hurt to hear this is pretty quickly. She's going to have another guy. Um, that's very typical where they bounce from guy to guy to guy. Cause as soon as that high wears off, they go to the next one and the next one. And that may sound unbelievable given what you know about her, but man, that's typical. Very typical. And that's so heartbreaking for guys too, especially ones that I can feel your emotion that you had a very big connection with her and you felt it meant something and it was genuine. And then to be discarded like this basically makes you feel like total shit. And then it's an extra kick in the balls when you find out two weeks later that she's seen in some bar with some guy, but don't, Uh but don't be surprised by that at all. Um, So her aside back to the wife, you did confess to the wife, correct? Mm-hmm. And how'd that go down? Well, as well as you can expect. You know, she made the comment. She goes, you know, she goes, I almost wish I was angry. She goes, I could handle being angry more than I can handle being hurt. Ooh, and ouch. yeah, and she's, she's right. She's not wrong. You know, no. and it's, yeah, again, I had no, I have no way to blame but myself. I made my bed. I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep in it. You know, but part of the reason I told her was because the other one said, I want you to move in. And I said, the only way that I was going to be able to clear up, in my opinion, clearly move in was if I told her what I did. And when I told her what I did, you know, I went down and I texted her, to, you know, so a week before she goes, I want you to move in. I said, when? She goes, now. This is like a Thursday. I'm like, I can't move in now. So like a week went by, I debated whether or not I was going to tell, you know, my wife and I did. And then, you know, I, Texted the other one, said, okay, I did it. I'm ready. She goes, well, I'm not home. She goes, I'm sure there's friends that you could stay with. Mm-hmm. Type of it's, comment. And I'm like, then gosh. when we did get back together, then when we, we did get back together, I said, why did you say that? She goes, well, we were broken up. What did you want me to do? Like. Excuse me. Like, All right. Now, we, yeah. keep, we, keep, we keep coming back in the conversation to the uh, affair partner. Let's set her aside right now and just talk about wifey. Um, can you okay. walk, what was that conversation like with her? You just literally sat down and said, I got something I need to tell you. Yep. And she was just totally caught off guard. She never saw in a million years this coming. Yep. Wow. It, did that friend thing ever get back to her or that was. Not even, no. no, 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 no. Part of me, part of me thinks maybe, but because they've, 
do some things from time to time. And my girls go down there because it's one of the hybrid days and it's one of the places they go for school. But I, I don't, I don't know. And I don't think, I don't um, think so. I'm not may, sure. You may be, I'm not you asking. Be, you may be shocked at how much people kind of mind their own business when they see that kind of thing. They talk amongst themselves yeah. and maybe it comes out years later kind of thing, but there's a lot of people that the general consensus is let's just keep our mouth shut. Who knows what's going on? Stay out of it. It's okay. too much drama. Forget it. Because it's um, quite often I'll hear men who discover their wife's affair and then hear from a friend sometime later, like, yeah, I remember I saw her out with this guy and the other day and I didn't know what to think of it. And it's like, what dude, you could have said something. It's like, nah, it's not of my business. I didn't, you know, yeah, that's pretty yeah. typical. So it could have been along those lines. Is that uh, surely not? Maybe it's just somebody from work, blah, blah. Yeah, forget it. And they just forgot all about it. Um, so and what's the next steps with the wife? Is she saying, pack your bags, you're out of here? Are attorneys involved? What's going on? Well, after I was fully prepared to leave that night and go down to the other one. And when the other one gave me that cryptic answer, I didn't want to end up on the street. So, you know, we're texting back and forth from downstairs to upstairs. And she says, I kind of want to make it work. I'm like, okay. So we tried to make it work, I guess, for my girls. And your your response, in your response though, of yeah, okay. That wasn't born out of, yeah, I really do want to make this work. That was, I don't know what there were the hell else to go right now. Yep. Yeah. That's honest of you. Okay. So go on. Then me and the other one had reconciled and the plan was on again for me to go back down there. But I started seeing changes in that one's behavior. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the medical problems became more frequent, the, mm-hmm. you know, the things like that. more, more red, more and more red flags reared their head. And, and I, I got, I couldn't take the stress of all her, medical anomalies as she called them so i became distant from wifey again so you know so the stress of the affair related stuff made you split further from your wife yeah you had too much going on you couldn't handle also the wife on top of that so you just avoided her stayed at work yep yep yeah why don't saw the other one still while while i could yep 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 and, and the kids during all of this they have no clue what's going on no, they just think daddy travels a lot and daddy works a lot. And they're how old? I'm sorry. Uh, 10 and the other one will be seven in a couple of weeks. So wow. 10 and they were 10 and six at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so are you still in this state of limbo between you and the wife? You're not quite sure what's going on? No. So, so what since has happened is since the breakup from the other one, I've filed the divorce papers and I'm actually, I signed a lease. I'm moving into my own place in two weeks. Mm-hmm. We haven't told, told the girls yet, but I, I am getting a divorce. I'm going to be getting my own place. Yeah. And I'm moving out. And so it's still, it's still, it's still all happening. I'm not, I'm just not happy. I'm not happy to sleep on the couch. And she even knows that. Yeah. When I told her what happened, she shook her ring off and she goes, well, you're never having this again. And then that being her body, like sex. And I said, I, I understand that I'm fully, you know, it's like, she has every right. It's like, it's yeah. done, you know? So it's like, well, it was sexless before. Now I might as well continue to be sexless because I'm definitely not going back to it. So it's like, but she's a, she's a good mom. You know, she, in spite of everything I've done, she, she's more terrified than anything because of the financial impact yeah. it's going to be yeah. on. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. But I'm also, you know, lately I've been thinking, it's like, you know, you had 24 years to try to get a better job. You knew for 24 years you weren't going to teach because it was so nepotism was so rampant and she just never really quote unquote got herself together, but she stayed in the lower paying jobs because it worked for a schedule to pick up our girls and, you know, be, be the mom like that. And I was always like, like I said, I was always the breadwinner, but you know, at some point it takes its toll on me. Like, you know, part of the other reason why we're in this predicament is because of money. Mm-hmm. I got tired of, I, I had to go into my retirement to pay for daycare. You know, I had to go into, you know, I'm down to practically nothing in retirement just because the, the bills just offset everything. I mean, the other, the other one, she told me, she asked me one time, she goes, how do you have all this credit card debt? And I said, well, let me explain to you how daycare works. I said, <laughs> when you lose somebody to help you out, if it, I said, you know, I think we say, I think we figured out over the years, my girls paid at daycare, we might spend maybe $40,000 in daycare. 
Mm. That's a good wow. chunk of change. Wow. And that, that's, sure that's, that's, that's a cheap, that's a cheap daycare. Oh, I know. Yeah. Kids are fucking expensive. There's no two ways. Excuse my language. Yeah. There's no two ways around. No. Um, they are. And like I said, these, these people that stay at home and have people to watch them, they have no idea how lucky they are. No. Yeah, exactly. So, so that sounds like that's uh that's a done deal. It's just a matter of uh, whether or not attorneys get involved and how, how nasty it gets. Yeah. If she comes after some money or whatever, no, maybe no, that's the thing. I, don't see that oh, happening. I filed, I filed a guy. We're just going to split everything 50 50. And I even told her, I said, we're doing no contest. No, no, no child custody or anything. We, he's going to do it for a thousand dollars. Basically it's just push, pushing the paperwork. Well, that's good. I mean, cross your fingers. Um, all it takes is somebody to put a bug in her ear of, you know, you can get a lot more than that. And she could be up to the races, but it sounds like to your, um, her negative of being kind of a passive person that may work in your favor. Um, she may just kind of sit back and once you take the lead and just take, get, get rid of the whole divorce thing and just wipe it off the table. And so she can move on with it. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I also told her I'm not going to leave them high and dry. I mean, I'm moving close by. Be I'll fair, never, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're going to split the house 50, 50, but I told her, I said, you need to get a better job. I and mean, we just, we just released her. We just re upped her lease on a brand new car for 46 months. And, you know, she was joking at the dealership. She goes, oh, this is my parting gift. And I'm like, yeah. And I, after I, after we did the paperwork, I looked at her, I said, you got 36 months to get a better job. Cause I cannot co-sign anymore on these, these car places for you. Yeah. But you find a sugar daddy. you to do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm paying for it now. So, so are you finding yourself giving a lot of mental energy to what is she going to do now? How is she going to take care of herself now? I hear a lot. Of you, I hear a lot of you talking about you know she had 24 years to come up with some, you know, career and some, get her plan straight. I could see you kind of in your brain, kind of staying in that mode. Oh, I definitely want this to be a kick in her kick in the pants for. Her. I want she's she's capable of a lot better things. I want her to be. I, I want this to be like, get your shit together. You can do this. Like I I don't I don't wish ill will on her. I mean, I just, I'm tired of sleeping in the basement and this is going to be hard on my girls, but it eventually it catches up with you. Yeah. It, it just, I can't, I can't do it all. But uh, yeah, you know, but, she stays at home and takes care of the girls. I, I think what you're going to hear from a lot of people, if you gave them this speech would be, that's not your concern anymore. Is it? Um, you gotta yeah. Let, you got to let her go emotionally and physically and everything else. And part of that is, yeah, she's going to fall on her face. She's going to have to learn the hard way of work and bills and everything else. And yeah, that may impact you negatively. You know, she may come after you for money or whatever, who knows? Hope not. Um, but you know, co-signing on some loans and stuff. Yeah. You got to stop that. You got to rip the bandaid off and say, daddy's not here anymore to take care of that side of things. Just as she's taking off the ring and saying, and I'm not here for the other side of things either. I'm not going to be your emotional person, your physical person. We're done. So you're done, done. Yeah. But at yeah. the same time, she's still going to be in your life because of the kids and everything else. So you can't get rid of her completely. And, 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 we're, and we're very amicable. Like we, we actually talk better now that everything's out. That's pretty common. Than when we did, yeah. you know, and it's like, you know, we found it like, were we ever really in love? No, we weren't. Like I said, we've had some good dialogue the last couple months. Because, you know, in spite of everything that's happened, she's sad. I mean, it, it's starting to hit her and she's just like, the girls are going to lose their mind and, my oldest one always is like, daddy, don't go, don't go. Like we talked about divorce one time and she had to go see the friggin' uh, school guidance counselor the next day. Cause she was crying in class, you know? So it's going to be very interesting over the next couple of weeks. And you know, people are like, did you tell the girls yet? Did you tell the girls yet? Like, no, we want that. They, they finally just got the okay to start going back in the classroom for a couple of weeks. And that's all they want to see is their, their friends. Yeah. So we're going to let that happen first. And then my youngest one has her birthday. So, I mean, I'm going to sign the lease and start moving stuff over a little at a time, but, you know, from there mm -hmm. we'll, uh, you know. So what is uh, her aside? What is life looking like for you five years from now? I'm sorry. What was that there, Dan? Uh, so what is life looking like from for you? Let's say five years from now. Um. Well, the other the other end of this is I'm, I have to file for bankruptcy to be able to afford to get out of my own credit card debt and to get my own place. So for two years I'll be in a little little townhouse close by the for the girls to help out. Mm -hmm. So, but then after that, I'm, I'm, I want to find somebody. I would like to remarry. I would like to, I, I would. Well, let me she stop you. Let, she wants, she let me stop you there. 
I'm going to, I'm going to play the asshole part here. Why? Okay. Why are you, why are you jumping? Why are you jumping? So, I mean, the first thing out of your mouth was the bankruptcy and so forth, which is understandable, but right away, the positives, I would have loved to have heard. I'll be fine. I got to, you know, work on my career, work on myself. I got some issues, work on all of that, become a healthier, emotionally, physically person. But instead it was, I'm going to get married again. Um, I mean, I, 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 true. Why? I didn't really think about it like that. But, but why? Um, and that's not like an open-ended question. I could really dig into why is it your knee-jerk response was, got to find a new one. What is I want to have that. I want to have that. I want to have that caring and compassion that I, that Nicole gave me. Or I'm sorry that the other one gave me that I that's gone now. Do you see where that could lead to some pretty bad stuff? You are opening mm. your you're opening yourself up to. Well, right now you're basically saying I need, I need, I need, which is in part a very human thing to do, but in another part it's a very unhealthy thing to do. Because when you put that energy out in the world of, I need this, I need this, I need this, it's those not so healthy people out there that the women specifically that pop their head up and say, oh, really? We got a needy one over here, do we? Well, let me give him everything that he wants and hook him in and then leave him a broken shell of a man so many months or years later. And you're left going, what the hell? When When instead your energy should be, and this is my opinion, energy should be, if I'm on my own from now until the day I die, in a way that would suck, but in another way that would be good because I'm perfectly cool on my own. I'm a good person. I have this, it's my kids, I have that, my hobbies, whatever it may be that, that make you you outside of a relationship. I got all that going on. But if I do find somebody, great. If it means it's just a casual relationship where we see each other on weekends and we're dating, we love each other, but we don't get hitched. We don't move in together. No more kids. Casual thing. Maybe there's two or three girlfriends between now and the day I die. That may be just fine too. Or maybe I do happen to find the one years from now, because I have a lot of work to do on myself before I jump into that. Maybe I do find that person and I'll be really lucky. Awesome. I win the, win the relationship lottery. That'd be great too. Because all of these possibilities are very realistic, but the fact that you've kind of painted yourself into the corner of marriage, I want it, I need it. I need that partnership or else. I guess my next question is, or else what? You'll just fall into the depths of despair and be a shell of a man? That doesn't sound very attractive. Um, I, I, you're, it's, it's not hilarious. It's, it's ironic. The... The more you err on the side of I need, I need, I need, the more you're going to find a shit show of trouble. The more you err on the side of I don't really need, but it'd be nice, but I don't really need it. That's when the good ones pop up. That's when you have, you're much more likely to find Mrs. Right. Okay. Until you get to I that point. Like that. Yeah, until you get to that point, you're going to have a, a shit show, a conga line of broken women because, oh my God. There are so many broken people out there. They, mm-hmm. come, they come from broken homes. They have daddy issues, past drug issues. They have personality disorders, narcissists. They're borderline, whatever it may be. And you're going to run into all of them, especially if you put that energy out in the world of neediness. Because man, they just they hone in on like that, like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a bloodhound yeah. bloodhound on a trail. Here's a guy <sighs> that I know will give me what I want. Some resources, validation, emotional support, and everything else. And those are the relationships that are so hot and heavy to begin with. And boy, they fizzle out pretty quick. I would suggest that you get on top of this obvious anxiety that you have. I don't know if you've ever even conceived of the term anxiety and that you have it, but it seems pretty obvious to me that you're dealing with it. Um, You're a type A go-getter person. So you're introducing a lot of stress into your life, trying to control everything around you. I still hear, hear you talking about the ex-wife as she's going to upset you if she doesn't do this and this, and she needs to get her act together. And you got to wipe that off the table. She ain't your concern anymore. Yeah. Um, the, the, the fair partner, that was a fun little diversion. You learned a lesson real quick. That's, that's a very good microcosm example of what you're going to run into in your single life. 
she represents the norm that is out there. And while that may kind of sound kind of exciting, they all end the same way. Just a lot of drama and a lot of headache and a lot of what the hell was I thinking? But that's the norm out there. So you're going to have a fun little adventure here over the next few years of, oh God, what was I thinking? To this is wonderful. To hopefully getting some help with some anxiety issues and realizing I need to get on top of this. A lot of different directions you can go down for sure. Um, I recommend you at least get help from somebody along the way, whether it's me, um, a formal therapist type person, whatever. Drop, drop the whole, I'm a tough dude. I don't need no help. I don't like anybody in my head. Bullshit. Oh, I've sought, oh, I've sought out a therapist. I've, oh, I've good, been seen a therapist since, since February and she's, she's helpful. She, she's, she's actually, when this all happened, I sought her out because you just Google therapist by the meaning of particular insurance. And I found one that was younger because I wanted, I didn't want her to be judgmental because of the, the, the age difference between me and the other one mm. and she's actually been really helpful and she's really she's like she goes this one's got some problems jeff and i'm like yeah <laughs> yeah. You think? And, yeah it's yeah, good, she, good she, she, you know she, she and my sister keeps telling me she goes she's not your dating coach i'm like i, I know she's not my dating coach but she's like but she, she's like really cool like i don't know i don't think this is gonna work or yeah that's a good idea you know so she's it's, it's been helpful. It's helpful to talk to somebody else. So well, I've let me, done that. Let me, uh, let me stop you there. What was the sister's comment? What was that about? She's not your dating coach. I would go, because I would tell her when, when this all started, I would ask her, like, how can I get back with the other one or what can I do to make the other one better and, or, or work? My, my sister even saw the red flags with the other one. And the therapist would be like, I, she would kind of like try to let me be led to my own conclusions with it. Instead of just telling me to stop, just stop. Like after a while, like, then she was trying like, you need to let her go. Yeah. Like early on, it was like, you know, it was like, oh, this is like a cute romantic, like the, the honeymoon thing. But then she's, when I started telling her more and more about the red flags and everything, she was like, yeah, this isn't probably what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. So. And it, I just want to make sure that your sister wasn't pushing you to continue with the affair. No, my sister wanted me out. My sister Good. wanted her gone too. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I understand now. So next steps for you. It sounds like you have some like the logistics of divorce and the financial and all of that stuff and mm-hmm. you have to figure out mm-hmm. kids kid schedule and work mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff mm-hmm. to do. But mm-hmm. continue with the therapy for sure. You know, some anxieties that you have, you know, this this stress bubbling up to the point of panic attacks and so forth. Get to the bottom of that. What's going on? Why am I having a difficult time coping? And Frankly, why can't I be alone? I think that's huge. The the need for mm-hmm. the the need for the constant uh, validation and 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 love and and attention and so forth. There's inherently nothing wrong with having those emotional physical needs, but when it when it's so strong that it leads you down a lot of bad paths, you got to question like, has this gone a little bit too far? And uh, mm-hmm. what, what's it going to take to bring me back on the path? And like I say. Um, if you want to continue working with me, I'm more than happy to help you out. Um, the therapist, do you have a good network friends of, of guys? Yes. Yes. Lean on them yes. a lot. Great, um, great. Yes. It, I've known them for about 30 years. Yeah. If they've have experience with women, they've been there, done that. They're probably be like, yeah, let, oh, yeah. Me, let me tell you about this girl I met 20 years ago. I'm sure they have their own stories. They've all, I was actually out with two, I was actually out with two of them Saturday night. So there you go. It was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty pretty therapeutic. Yeah, I'm I'm on the right track. And like I said, I am after this, I wouldn't mind, you know, touching base with you about possibly, you know, doing some work, cool. you know, outside of this. Cause like I said, this you you brought up a lot of good points, but you're hitting the nail on the head of what everyone else is too. Yeah. So, yeah. But again, like I said, I just keep circling back to the fact that love and kisses and sex and all that masks a lot of the red flags. That's all, that's all oh, I can sure say. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And every guy who's had any experience with women will tell you the same thing. They will all nod and sip their beer and just say, yep. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and uh, I mean, there's countless men out there that have a, a litter of kids with the wrong woman. That's um, it's not unheard of by any means. And I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. So, but it is what it is, right? And this is your life from yeah. here on out. You got to make the best of it. Yeah. And you, yep. you, you have your health, I assume. And yep. you're still a relatively young guy. So yep. you play your cards right and you do the hard work of working on yourself. And I mean, literally the sky's the limit from here on out. Um, 
you just got to define what the hell it is you want and go from there. And that sounds pretty simple, but there's a lot of guys that when you say, what the hell is it that you want out of life? They either meander and talk and never quite get to the point for about a half an hour, or they flat out say, I don't, I don't really know. I haven't really right. sat down to think about it. So you got to have those tough, tough conversations with yourself. So any last thoughts, any last questions at all before we wrap it up? No, I'll tell you what I was, this was actually, you know, I was not, not skeptical, just not apprehensive <laughs> either. I don't know the worries I'm looking for, but um, this was good. This is, um, you're very good at what you do. I've been kind of listening to some of your stuff on YouTube. Um, very impressed. Oh, awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for opening it up. I know it's not, uh, not an easy thing to do, especially from a dude, but uh, keep it up. Best of luck to you. And let me know if there's anything. Thanks a lot. Let me know if there's anything I can do to uh, help you out any further. I will. Thanks a lot. All right, brother. Thank you so much. Have a good one, Matt. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self-improvement. You probably consume a lot of information like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. And if you're like a lot of men, there's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is. Quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood. But none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge, discounts on one-on-one coaching with myself and other members of the team, discounts on our video courses, and access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.